this episode, we talk about Windows Reorg, Black Friday deals, and Windows turns 30. All right, let's go ahead and get started here. We got comments working. We got everything working, I think. Uh, what is today? All right, today is November 20th, and this is the Sam's Report, and what another... What another week of Microsoft it has been. A week of Microsoft is probably an appropriate way to describe everything that went on this week. Lots of good stuff. And a reorg within the Microsoft division, or within the Windows division. We got Lumia 950 action. And we got all sorts of other good stuff that happened. We got a new build of Windows Phone, or Windows 10 Mobile, whatever the heck you want to call it. Uh, we got Black Friday deals and some weird things going on in the Insider branch. But not really weird if you've actually been paying attention and know what's going on. So let's just dive right in, shall we? And as we do that, I got to get used to having comments here. I got to make room for it on my display. There we go. There we go. All right. So let's get started here. Um, I posted a scoop last night. I got it out really, really quick. Other people were starting to get up on it on this morning and some other things. So there was a reorganization within Microsoft. And at a high level, people were like, ah, oh, this is not a big deal. There's well, it kind of is a big deal. One, anytime there's a reorganization, there's always a power transfer. Somebody's losing power, and other people are gaining power. And in this instance, <laughs> Terry Meyerson, it looks like, because the Windows division, the Windows and Devices group, um, appears to be gaining more power, actually. Some more groups are coming under him. There's now, uh, his name is Kudo Tsundo. I cannot pronounce that last name. It's T-S-U-N-O-D-A. Was named the CVP of Windows Apps and Studio. And Chuck Friedman as CVP of Windows Shell Program. And it's bringing that stuff under the Windows brand. And essentially, I believe, under Myerson.org. So what does this mean? It means that, A, Microsoft is uh, really confident in what Terry is capable of doing. Which is interesting because, and I, I don't want to talk badly about Terry, um, because clearly he's doing some things right on the inside, right? If Microsoft is giving him more responsibility, giving more people underneath, then they're saying, hey, Terry knows what he's doing. Um, but what's kind of interesting about this is, one, Terry's just, in, <laughs> he's not a great public speaker. So what everybody sees of him is not really, I think, a reflection of who he is. But people on the inside have always told me he's just kind of an odd person to be around in meetings. Um, but whatever, he's climbed the org ladder. He clearly knows what he's doing. He's shipped a bunch of products. And he is now in charge of a lot of things. So... Terry's getting more power. I'm not, I didn't quite see who is losing power. The one thing I have to clarify is it looks like I thought I had read or was told that um, the Xbox was actually coming under the Windows brand as well. Not 100% on this, but it would kind of make sense, right? Windows um, now powers Xbox. It's the same platform. It's the same guts underneath. So they all need to be on the same clock and everything needs to jive in terms of planning. So when it be totally outside of the realm of possibility, they say, hey, Xbox, you're now gonna fold, at least the OS side, you're now gonna fold under the Windows brand because you're all running on the same cadence. So, yeah, it, really interesting stuff. This went out late last night and I hashed it out and it's up on Petri, um, it was not up on Therat. Uh, I was gonna see if Paul was gonna give his own take on it, but Paul is still gallivanting around the UK with Mary Jo doing uh, bar hops, I believe, is what they're actually doing. Just having a terrible time over there. Yeah, so... <laughs> it's an interesting move for other reasons. Um, 
I really worry about stability with Windows, not like the business side, but by win if you've been following along on Twitter, my Windows 10 install is just atrocious, mostly attributed to uh, Intel drivers crashing, which is why I said pray for my Intel drivers that they don't crash during this podcast. I also have issues with Edge, Edge just crashing, taking up a lot of memory, and then I finally figured out the issue this week that was causing my Surface Pro 4 fans to run like crazy. Now, I know running two 4K displays off of Surface Pro 4, and the Intel drivers, probably, or the Intel whatever GPU you want to call it, is probably not the best case scenario, but hey, Microsoft says it can be done, I'm doing it, and the fans were running like crazy, I mean, just all the time near max, um, max capacity of the fans. So I finally lost my mind, and in between Intel driver crashes, I was able to figure out what the problem was. The problem was the mail app. Every time the mail app opened, and I posted a video of this on Twitter, uh, my, my PC, or the Surface Pro 4, sits between 15 and 20% during idle. That's just, I shouldn't say idle, that's with just the browser open and me just doing day-to-day -day stuff. Just nothing really too crazy, 15, 20%. As soon as I open the mail app, it jumps to no less than 50%. No less. Typically, it jumps between 55 and 65%. I've seen it all the way up into 80%, just nonstop. And I've been using this for about 10 days because I just decided to, you know, just really dive deep into this stuff with Threshold 2. And I can't use it. I cannot use it because it drives me nuts with the fan. And then Edge, uh, between the crashing, also does not appear to be the most resource-sensitive uh, browser out there because it was having some funky issues with the machine. I don't know if it's truly a resource issue or just, I don't, I don't know, something with Edge. And I can't use Chrome because Chrome has terrible font rendering on 4K. So everyone kept recommending Firefox. And now I'm using Firefox. And I actually quite like it. It, it seems to be doing well. Um, the only issue is when the Intel driver crashes, the, the, Windows the browser box turns completely black, so I have to re- and not close it, but just refresh the windows. Anywho, reason I brought all that up is there's now more things happening inside that Windows branch, and Windows 10 TH2 is not a stable build. I mean, it's stable, but it's not a great release. It is not the Windows quality releases that we are used to um, with like a Service Pack 1 type thing. Like, I, I genuinely have a lot of trouble with this build, and I'm, it's really frustrating. It, it really, really is, and I, I love Windows, and I... I've honestly thought about going back to Windows 7 a couple times just because it's getting in the way of getting stuff done. And this isn't like some crazy machine I've updated. I got this device at October the October 6th event and it came with Windows RTM and I've only updated it to this current build. It, there's no other insider build. There's no craziness. So this is, should be a pretty representative sample of what Windows 10 is like for people running the Surface Pro 4. And so it's not great. You're putting more things in the Windows org, and they're still not great. And this thing is buggy, and I get nervous about this stuff, because if you screw up my Xbox, Terry, <laughs> if you screw up my Xbox and make it so I can't play, it, I'm going to be very, very angry with you. Uh, that is the last straw. For, for Microsoft, it was when Bomber lost the desktop PC, they kicked him out. And so if you, if you lose my Xbox, I will be very, very upset with you. Anywho, so Terry Meyerson getting more power, Microsoft doing some funny things in the reorganization of the company, and the one big question that keeps coming out, and this came out immediately, was what's happening with Joe B then? So, 
I'm not quite sure. So here's the official line from the company. I asked Microsoft this very specifically. I said, what is happening with Joe Biafuri? <laughs> um, somebody said, Brad is kicking you out, Terry. Yeah, I'll just go up there with pickets. And, and all I want, Terry, is just make it stable. Uh, I joked on Twitter, Redstone 1, all it needs to be is exactly like TH2, but stable. All the features, they work as expected. Anywho, um, Joe B. So I asked about Joe B. And they, the official company line right now is that Joe is coming back in 2016. He's taking this leave of absence, um, doing he's going on a semester at sea with his kids. But the official company line is that he is coming back. So that's what they're saying. Um, it seems a little odd, right, that Joe makes this announcement and then a few weeks later there's this modest-sized reorganization within the company. Um, I don't, I don't know if when he comes back, he's going to be within the same role. I don't, I don't quite know what the full agenda here is with Joe. And I hope that he comes back. I like Joe. Joe is a fantastic presenter. And, um, I've talked to Joe many times and I wish him nothing but the best. I hope he goes to a semester T, comes right back. And this is all just water under the bridge and nothing happens. But the timing seems very odd that a reorganization occurs. Joe is stepping away from the company and maybe he comes back and he gets a different role with inside Microsoft. I don't know. I mean, you can't really take an executive out and then just leave that hole vacant. Now, technically, that's what they're saying. But he had duties. He had responsibilities. He had decision-making capability and responsibilities for that matter. And um, you have to replace him. You have to do something. You can't just leave that there. He drove operations to some extent. So I, I worry about this. I worry about because Joby always had a pretty level head on his shoulders. Um, but yeah, so Joby, semester at sea, reorg happens while he's gone. And yeah. Anywho, don't want to dwell on that, but just kind of keep an open, your ears open to see if you hear anything crop up about what go, what's going on there or further about the changes. Oh, one thing I did hear um, from my source who actually tipped me off about this, is that uh, the reason for this is they're making a big UWP push, which is Universal Windows Platform push. And they want everything, that's the company's kind of like charging um, fight cadence right now is Universal Windows Platform. And that's why I believe they brought the Xbox in. I believe HoloLens was brought in as well. And so they want this really tight nugget of UMP teams or UWP teams, and that's why the reorg occurred. So the person who asked, um, yeah, that's kind of kind of what's going on here. So, um, anywho, what else happened this week? Microsoft released a new build of Windows 10 Mobile 10586. Now, what he, what Microsoft didn't say is if this is the RTM build of Windows 10 Mobile. And while they don't use the term RTM anymore, I believe it, it, this has to be, right? The, the Noen 50 is out running um, the same build. That's the same build as on the desktop. I believe it's the same build or close to the same build that's running on the Xbox. And so Microsoft has essentially finished Windows 10 Mobile, which is not a good thing because this is still buggy. <laughs> but it's out there. Um, this will likely be the same build, potentially, that they're going to deliver to every other device, like you have an icon or the other phones that they have. Um, that Microsoft is eventually going to push out, but that did occur. That's a big milestone. Um, Microsoft, you know, round of applause. At least you finished it. At least you 
version 1.0, but you need to get to about 1.5. So yeah, that build came out. Microsoft didn't make a little a lot of fanfare about it. They pushed it just to the fast ring, no slow ring update, which is has me a little bit curious uh, why they're not pushing not the, the slow ring. Microsoft has really just kind of given up on the slow ring if you haven't noticed. So they have this fast ring and, and fast being relative, uh, every couple of weeks you get a new build. It's not like July with the desktop builds where they pushed, I think, three builds in one week. Um, but yeah, so slow ring, no ring, whatever. It, it's, especially on the mobile side, the slow ring has been a complete joke. But I also kind of think Microsoft is just kind of saying, you know what, Windows Mobile, meh. Like, I, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, fans. Like, I like their stuff too, but let, we got to talk about the realistic um, releases for this stuff. And it's just not showing here. So, anywho, uh, that's Windows 10 Mobile Bill 1586. You can download it now. Uh, be, oh, be aware that if you do download it on an older device, so I, I did it on the uh, 830 here, which I, I just uh, talk more about this in a minute. I really do like this phone still. Uh, there is a bug with the update that can potentially wipe your data or corrupt your install during a restart. So just make sure you back up if you haven't updated yet. Although I'm assuming that if you're listening to this, most people have probably backed up. Um, so Buckster points out in the comments, he says, slow ring is meant to only push out builds that don't have ex unacceptable bugs, which no build really has had, even RTM builds. Yeah, so the slow ring was supposed to sit between fast and RTM uh, before things hit RTM. So based on your comment, how you put it, the slow ring is more stable than RTM, which is should not be the case, but I don't know, maybe it is true. Maybe maybe that's what they're going to do, but who knows, that's a terrible thing. Anywho, don't want to dwell on this stuff because we'll talk more about Windows Mobile here. And uh, Black Friday, Microsoft announced all their Black Friday stuff. So this is actually really good. Microsoft is now selling the Xbox One for $299. That's a really good deal, by the way. Um, $299 for a next-gen console. And especially because of the games that are out. This holiday we have Halo 5, a great game I, I play somewhat frequently. We also have Star Wars Battlefield, which uh, I did buy. I asked on Twitter if people thought it was a good game. It's a good game. I like. I haven't played a Battlefield game in a long time. So getting back into Battlefield just because I've missed a couple generations yeah, makes it a lot of fun. Although I do question the $60 price point because there's not a lot of... There's four maps. Now, granted, there's massive maps and very well detailed and, and good stuff, but there's only four maps. Um, you got Smite, you got Fallout 4, uh, you got the new Xbox Elite controller, which I have back there. It, there's a lot of good stuff going on for um, or Battlefront, not Battlefield. I always call it Battlefield. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and everyone always likes to correct me in the right because it is Battlefront, not Battlefield. But there's a lot of good stuff on the Xbox One for the holiday season. I think Microsoft actually has a really strong lineup. And they say this every year. They they do an Apple thing. They say, this is our strongest lineup ever. Well, if it wasn't, I would be very concerned about that. But $299 Xbox One, that's a good price point. That's a really good price point to pick up an Xbox One. Not too far out there. It's less than an Apple Watch. So if you're trying to figure out if you're going to get your spouse your spouse, uh, your kid or whatever, an Apple Watch, uh, go for an Xbox One. I think they'll enjoy it more. I honestly do. And I do have an Apple Watch too, um, but I would definitely spring for the Xbox One in this case. The other cool thing that they're doing, oh, I forgot to grab it. It's the Lumia 40, uh, 640, 
for, I think it's 30 bucks. That's a killer deal. I mean, that, that's the type of thing where like, if you're gonna go skiing for a weekend and you're afraid your phone is just gonna get ruined, you just go buy one of these phones. I mean, they're essentially burner phones at this point. 30 bucks gets you a low, low to, I wouldn't really say mid, but it's not super low end, like a lower-ish end uh, device. But if it breaks, who cares? It's 30 bucks. So Microsoft going with the fire sale for the Lumia 640, clearing inventory. And as Mahidi points out, only if you live in the US. Microsoft doesn't really care. I, <laughs> unless it's Windows or Office 365 or Azure, they really don't care about the rest of the world. It's kind of sad to say. Uh, they put out a new Bing iOS app, which is actually kind of cool. It's, I think I can pull it up here. I think it'll show. Uh, so what's kind of neat about this is, so you got the Bing app here. And I actually do like this app. I didn't like the other one. I didn't like their old app. So you can see here, it's just a real simple, clean interface. And you can tap to search. Yeah, and it pulls up. Well, it's kind of hard to, hard to read the text there. Um, but the other neat thing is, so you have these like predefined searches down here at the bottom. There we go. These predefined searches. So I travel quite a bit. And what's nice is you can pull it up and just hit near me, or you can pull it up and just hit restaurants, or you can pull it up and just hit movies. What they've done is essentially made it easier to search those common queries very, very quickly. So I like it. I actually do like it. And I actually kept this app. I deleted the old one because the old app was essentially opened up and there's a big search box. It didn't, didn't give you really any value, but this one actually does. Now, <laughs> now here's what drives me nuts about this. So when I was talking to the Bing team on the phone, the, the PR brief for this stuff, I said, hey, I'm going to London um, in 10 days, nine days, I leave next Sunday. He said, hey, when I land in London, can I pull this up and use it to find restaurants around my hotel? And there was, a, there was just, this is what I heard on the call. Just silence, <laughs> just dead silence. And I was like, uh, and they said, well, for right now this app is US specific. If you, you can pull it up, but it's not going to be very helpful. And I was like, guys, like, this is what drives me nuts. Like, the U.S., don't get me wrong, I'm happy. I live in the U.S. and they make it great here. But you have users elsewhere. It, it honestly can't be that hard to populate this back-end data for other regions. Like, the U.K. and popular places like in France, like Paris. Why, why would it not work in Paris? People travel there all the time. Um... I don't know. So that is now out. You can download it if you're in the US, but it's iOS only. So it's not even on Android. Good luck, Windows Phone. It's not even on Android. But based on what they were saying on the call, um, it is going to come to Android. You know, they gave the usual no comment. But logically speaking, why would they build it just for iOS? They'll port it to Android. And there you go. Uh, when I asked about Windows Phone, they gave the, well, it's already integrated into Cortana and blah, blah, blah. Um, I like this better than Cortana personally. Cortana is great, don't get me wrong, but sometimes you either A, just don't want to talk to your phone, you just want to open an app and tap a button. I mean, it's including opening the app, you tap once, tap twice, and you have all the restaurants that are within proximity to your location. Two taps, that's really, really good. I haven't tested to see how quickly I can do it on Cortana, but I bet it's close. Anywho, it would be nice if they just ported it to Windows 10, Windows 10 Mobile. I don't know why they want it, it, it seems simple. But that's their deal. Speaking of porting, so Islandwood and Astoria. Um, in the world of Microsoft, when they don't talk about their projects frequently, and when I use frequently, I would say once every five months or so, just or half year, whatever time frame around that you want to use, you kind of get a little bit nervous. 
And so we hadn't been hearing about Astoria, uh, which is the Android bridge, which allowed, I believe, native apps or something close to be ported over and run almost basically natively or very close to native on Windows 10 Mobile, it included a subsystem uh, inside of Windows 10 Mobile. And Microsoft made, made a big deal about this at build. And then all of a sudden, we stopped hearing about it. They opened up a public developer thing for it, forum, and there was nothing. And yeah, so the, the, the TLDR, the too long didn't read, is that Astoria, I believe, is dead or it's been semi-permanently shelved. They are moving away from what Astoria is or was. And at first thought, I was like, oh man, that's really killer. But once you start to think about it, and I talked to some friends over there, you start to get a kind of understanding of an idea of why. And let me explain. So Island Wood is the iOS parallel project. It's not the same idea, but it's Island Wood is more of a porting of an app, a true port. And what Microsoft has done, I think, is said, you know what? Let's look at the app marketplace. How many apps are there exclusively for Android that are not on iOS? I'm going to go with very few. And if they are out there, they're probably maybe Google apps, but it's going to be a very small percentage, right? It's pretty safe justification to say a killer app that is on iOS is also going to be on Android. And so what I'm thinking and what I believe and what I've been told is the right speculation to take with this kind of stuff is that Microsoft looked at the two projects and realized that the iOS one was doing better than the Astoria. They were getting better outputs. It was working better. The process was more stable and it was just a better methodology for getting iOS apps when compared to Android to Windows 10 mobile and the desktop for that matter. And so what they did was said, why are we building two platforms out that essentially do the same thing? And so they said, you know what? We're going to dump the Android. We're going to go to Islandwood, and that's where we're going to put our chips. And the reason why I really believe this is true, Microsoft actually put out a blog post giving a current status update on Islandwood. This is something they don't really do too often. And it was kind of out of place because it didn't really say a whole lot. They just kind of said, hey, we're still running and things are going. Um, but as... Joseph points out, um, Android gets the rest of the world, though, bank apps like in other countries. Yes, it is true that Android does do very well in the low-end phones. But let's think about Microsoft's strategy here. They only care about the flagship apps. They want the Instagram. They want the proper Twitter, full Twitter client. They want the Periscope. Uh, they want the better Facebook app, and they want it updated in parity. They don't really care about the small niche apps. I'm sorry if that's going to offend people saying, hey, you know what? My small bank app only has an Android app. Um, but Microsoft doesn't care about that right now. They, they, they can't, they don't have the, I mean, they have the funds to support this, but there, there's no business case to support this stuff because they're, they're, they're struggling in this area. So that's my take on why Islandwood one and Astoria going away. Isn't really all that big of a deal. Not, not just trying to be always like sunny side up type person. But I think that makes sense. Why support two parallel projects, take all the engineers that run Astoria, move them over to Islandwood, get twice the capability on a project that's going better. And by having to use the Android apps, they were putting a total subsystem of Android into the Windows 10 mobile, which made it a little bit bloated. It just makes sense. It really does. Get the iOS apps over, done, boom. Keep it easy, keep it simple, and bam.
Okay, cool. Let's talk about this guy. This is Microsoft's brand new Lumia 950. I got it earlier this week. And as you can see, the little, well, it's a little kind of pink there. You can see the red light up there. That is the iris scanner. You can see it says move closer. Let's see if I can get this to work here. There we go. All you do is look at it. Um, it's it's It works about 90% of the time. There are times when it doesn't work and it, it doesn't take too long for it to fail. It's one of those things that if it's going to work, it's going to work right away. And once it happens, you're in. You, no password. If it doesn't work, then you have to enter the pin. You have to create a pin to be able to use this. Uh, the build it's running, um, let me see here. Well, settings, let's go to about. Oh, well, settings just crashed. You know, that's helpful. God. Let's see if we can try this again here. So we go to settings, about. Um, I don't. Just says more info. OS, yeah. So the build is one zero five eight six. I don't know if. Well, I probably shouldn't show that. Hopefully, hopefully this <laughs> numbers didn't get on the screen. Those are just I don't know the hardware revision and the chip and the MAC address and all that good stuff. Not that really anybody can do too much with it. And it's just a it's just a review phone. Uh, but it, it is one zero five eight six dot zero. So there you go. That's the build that it is running. And it's a good phone. Um, so here's here's the good about it. The camera is fine. Um, I wouldn't say... The thing is, Nokia used to be known for these exceptional cameras. And it's not that the camera is bad. It's that the market caught up, right? So an iPhone 6 camera, 6X camera is good. An Android um, or whatever, Galaxy S6 camera is good. This camera is good. Like, it's good. It's fine. It'll do well in low light. It'll do well in just about every lighting condition. Does 4K video just fine. But is are people buying phones for cameras? I don't... I would argue they probably never were. And that's why Microsoft didn't go down that path of creating these super high megapixel cameras anymore. But it works, right? It's going to get the job done. It's a good camera. But it's not a defining feature. Other things... Uh, the iris sensor, you just saw how it worked. Actually, you can probably, let's see if we can do it again here. And so it's looking, and there we go. So it works, like it really does work. There are some issues in super high light, uh, like super high light. When you have a lot of, um, like if you're standing in the sunlight, it does have a tend to struggle a little bit. You can't really see it now, but there's a window right up here and there's also a window up behind me. Um, in the late afternoon, there's a lot of sunlight like hitting right on me and if I, turn into it it does struggle a little bit but performance wise it's great right no lag we got no lag here well it's kind of hard to do this backwards no lag i mean it's good it's good right performance wise it's fine there's bugs though this is what kills me and if you're using this build you probably know what some of them are um, for example bluetooth will occasionally get stuck off it like i can't i couldn't turn it on i had to reboot the phone it's happened twice um there on occasion, there is a little bit of lag opening and closing apps. I was trying to see if I could get it to do it there. It's not so much like swiping back and forth, but it was just open and closing apps. Um, it doesn't crash so much anymore. So there used to be a window, a Windows 10 mobile issue where the apps would just constantly crash. It seems like they fixed that. It's relatively stable, but it's not perfect. Edge is a little bit buggy. Just the scrolling gets a little off. Um, but the Bluetooth was the biggest one. Oh, the other issue I have too is when it's plugged in, yeah, and the Buckster, three gig of RAM. Um, 
And so this is not, this is the 950. This is not the 950 XL for those who were asking. Uh, the 950 XL is bigger. Um, I personally like this size. I don't like the huge phones. It's just me personally, but it's good. You're going to have the same issues here of what is this phone? So we'll get to continuum in a second. So this phone, in my opinion, is for people who already have a Windows phone. If you have a Windows phone and you like Windows phone, buy this without question. It is the new flagship. It is a good phone. It is by all means a better phone than the one that you have now. There's no other Lumium that compares to the quality of this. And you get the iris scanning, you get Windows 10 mobile, and you also get Continuum. Continuum is really cool. I posted a deep dive on Petri that included a bunch of screenshots. Yeah, Microsoft also sent the Continuum dock or the display dock, I believe is what they're calling it now. But it works. It actually works quite well. So what happens is you just plug it in and you get the full screen experience. Um, you can, it, it's good. It's a it's good version 1.0. Um, hold on, Derek, I'll get to that in a second here. Derek asked if this phone is going to be my daily driver. That's a really good question. And I'll explain. Um, but anyways, Continuum here, it works. So you plug it in. I use, you can use Miracast. So you don't have to use wires. I use USB type C, which is amazing by the way. I love it. I can't pull the cord out to show it, but USB type C reversible, plug it in. It's connected into the dock instantly. It pops up on the screen and says, do you want to use Continuum? You hit yes. This phone turns into a trackpad, which is nice. And it supports gesture input. You got two tap for right click. You got scroll up and scroll down. Pretty basic gestures. I don't think the swiping was working when I was trying it, um, but it, it works. It works. You get your, the start, there's a start menu, which is really just your start screen. And there we go. Iris sensor three for three. Doing all right, guys. And so you get this large experience. It works, Excel works exceptionally well. Any modern Office app, uh, so like Word works, PowerPoint works. Um, Twitter does not work. If it's not a true universal app, it will not work in this scenario. Other downsides to Continuum right now. You can only run one app on the screen at a time. You can run an app on your phone and on the screen, but you cannot run two apps side by side, which is a pretty big downer because you can't have your email open and Word or Excel and Word open at the same time. Although they can both be open on the taskbar, but you can't put them side by side. Um, you can also use the, the task switch button, which we all generally refer to as Alt-Tab. Oh, that, that email, that noise coming through, I was afraid it was my Intel driver crashing. So you can't run apps side by side. The other things you can't do, you can't put any icons on the desktop and there's no recycle bin. So the reason why I kind of harp on the recycle bin and desktop icon stuff is that that's a familiarity thing for most people. They plug this in and say, oh, I want to put these icons on the desktop so I can get to them quickly. And they can't. So that's, I, I don't want to get down about it because Continuum, I think is for version one, it's exactly what everyone kind of expected. It's this neat thing to look into the future of what Windows 10 Mobile is going to be and they better have a future. But it's not something I was, when I initially got the phone, I was thinking, hey, you know what? I'm gonna use Continuum for a week and just write it all up, but there's no way. If I could use the app side by side, I potentially could do this, but it's too limited and functionally right now. But Continuum's cool. I'm really bullish on what Continuum will be um, version two, version three. And here's, here's where we're gonna go. But before I get there, so somebody asked, um, was it Derek? Am I gonna use this as my daily driver? So here's my problem with this phone. 
it's locked to AT&T and I use Verizon. Um, I'm not one, <laughs> I, I like the phone, but I'm not one to switch carriers for a phone. It's I, Verizon works exceptionally well for me and I can't get this on Verizon. Um, so no, I, I can't, it's not because I don't want to, it's because Microsoft is in a deal with AT&T. And now for people wondering, why would they be in a deal with AT&T like this? Um, here's the reason. So when they get these exclusivity deals, it's not just Microsoft going in there and, and AT&T says, hey, we're just sign this deal and then you can't sell it anywhere else. No, no, no. There's some trade-off that goes back. Microsoft says, hey, we won't go to other carriers like T-Mobile, for example, if you run some advertisements or if you agree to purchase X amount of units or as some people are pointing out in the comments, it could be that AT&T said, hey, you know what? We'll give you a lot of resources if you give us exclusivity on that Surface phone that you're building. Um, and, and so there's some sort of monetary exchange, may not just be cash, but it might just be marketing commitments and other things to help promote the device. So that's what Microsoft gets out of it. And if they went to AT&T or went to Verizon, then AT&T would not likely promote this device. And the fact that Windows Phone only makes up 1.7% according to the latest information of the market, Microsoft needs every bit of marketing help that it can get. And AT&T does have, I think it's 70 or 80 million up users. So they at least have a base there, sell them to any, that's great. But you're completely missing out on the 80 million people on Verizon. So I'll keep this guy around and I will use it. And I, I mean, I did use it for a week, but AT&T is, I, I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm on Verizon and I'm happy with it and I'm not one to switch carriers for a phone. I never did, never, never have, probably never will until Verizon gets too outrageously expensive. And then to be honest, if I'm gonna go anywhere, it's gonna to be to T-Mobile, it's not gonna to be to AT&T. So anywho, back to Continuum. Continuum is the future of Windows Mobile. I am convinced of this right now, that Microsoft is shying away from its commitments to Windows Mobile. They're gonna, they're not gonna give up. I don't think it's, they're abandoning ship, but they're already going to a slower release cycle, um, mostly because the devices are not selling, unfortunately. I think this they will sell this, but not in the same volume as even an Android, definitely not in the same caliber as an iPhone. And so what I believe they're gonna do is, they're essentially gonna miss this generation. I, I honestly think this now, and I'm getting more convinced of it as I see their strategy unfold until they get a Surface phone out that has a lot of pomp and circumstance behind it, but they're still gonna be missing apps, which leads me to believe two scenarios are gonna happen. Surface phone will not come out until Microsoft finishes Islandwood, and they can put a lot of flagship apps directly onto the Surface phone. That is my current thought process about how they're going to actually differentiate the Surface phone than from, let's just say, a typical Windows phone. Because yeah, they've got sensors and they've got Continuum in here, but the reason people aren't buying this is because there's no apps. Don't You can say there's, yes, there's third-party stuff, but if they have an app, look at Instagram. They got Instagram and it, it never got updated. Um, Islandwood will never be done. It's one of those things that's just continuously going. It's Islandwood will be quote unquote done according to team 56 who commented. Um, 
Island Wood will be done when it's good enough to port things that developers actually uptake the software. But it won't, I honestly don't think it'll truly ever be done because Apple's always building a new operating system. Once iOS 10, what are they? Yeah, on 10 comes out, they'll have to go back and update type thing. But I really think that the future of Windows 10 Mobile is Continuum. Is that Microsoft, like in my dream world, Microsoft will actually start building a Lumia or Surface phone that is actually using the x86 chip. So it's running um, a proper hardware. And if you saw the news out this week, there was a tweet from, I think it was Microsoft's Connect conference, where somebody asked them if they would ever consider running Win32 apps in Continuum. And they said it's something they're looking into. And I honestly think that here, here's how I think this might play out. Surface phone runs an Intel chip. Intel is trying desperately to get into the mobile segment. They team up with Microsoft, which they've already done on some Windows Hello stuff. They build a Surface phone that is running an Intel chip that has the best continuum yet that can use Windows 32 apps, and it truly is a laptop in your pocket. That is the future of Windows 10 Mobile, and I'm convinced of it because that's the only hope that they have right now until they get this adoption rate stuff figured out. And then you pair all this stuff in with uh, Redstone talking about syncing of apps. So you have universal apps on your continuum that just sync natively back to your desktop PC. Uh, can keep the same experience on the phone, on the desktop, bam. That's how actually Microsoft can leverage their core assets to actually sell phones rather than trying to convince developers to come is, you know, drop the nuclear bomb, put Intel in an x86 chip in the phone, figure out the battery life, and create the juggernaut phone that we all want. If Microsoft can deliver on that scenario, I think they will actually be able to build something unique and they will be able to do what they did with the Surface. Remember the Surface RT? It was a disaster, $900 million write-off. Surface 2, um, not so great either. Surface Pro 3, home frickin' run. Surface Pro 4, really good. Surface Book, we're getting there. It's got some quirks, but it's really good hardware though. Microsoft, will be around their third generation with this Lumia. Panos is running it, and this is what I hope they're building. That's where I think Windows Mobile is gonna go, and that's the only way it's gonna survive. Because, like I said earlier, Gartner said that Windows Phone share is now down below 2%. 2%, that's, that's a pittance in the market. But, Panos, give me that Surface phone that runs an Intel chip that is connects to the continuum dock with a 1080p display, side-by-side -side apps. Give me my laptop in a pocket that we have been trying to build. Microsoft Microsoft is legitimately ahead of the curve, yet again, when they came out with Windows Mobile, the, the original Windows Mobile. They picked it as a PC in your pocket. Panos, now it's time to give me an x86 chip in my pocket. You can do it. Let's get there. Cool, right? I think we've dwelt, delved enough on Windows 10 Mobile. Any other questions, just shoot them in the comments here. But it's a good phone. It'll sell to the niche market. It'll sell to current Windows users. I don't think it's going to be the end-all solution that people were thinking for. Mostly because Microsoft, this is freaking, this is plastic. This is where I was getting at why I like the 830. For the millionth time, Microsoft, take the 830 and put this guts into here. Please. Like, this is metal. This is what I want. It feels nice. This, for a flagship phone, Hopefully it doesn't sound like crap coming across. It's plastic. And it's a little bit disappointing that it is plastic on the back. Boom. Oh, gosh. So, anywho, guys. Um, I got a bunch of people question asking about 
Windows Insider branch changing. And so people are freaking out, like saying, oh my God, it changed. Yes, this is expected. This was an expected change. If you go check and you kind of, I think you have to do a reg hack to actually see the branch. If you go in and investigate the branch that your Windows Insider PC is now subscribed to, it's no longer Threshold Wave 2. Surprise, because Threshold Wave 2 came out. We are now on to what Microsoft is calling RS1 or Redstone 1. So it makes sense that the next build that's gonna come out is a Redstone branch. So you have to be subscribed to the Redstone branch. So there you go. That's what the RS1 is. And it's not something to really freak about. It's just kind of logical uh, movement. So jumping back to Windows Phone here for a second on that 2% stuff, somebody just asked if the partners, what's going to happen with the partners? Um, who knows at this point. Samsung did try in the... Windows Phone, Windows 10 Mobile Sage. Um, I think Acer or Asus, one of those guys announced a phone. It's gonna be one of those things where I think if Microsoft can build a spec device that uses an Intel chip and convince these guys that this is the new PC, that they will actually get um, the big names back building these phones. But I, like, I'd love to see a Galaxy S6. Like, just take the S6 and just make it run Windows 10 Mobile. I'd love to see that, exact same hardware. I don't know if Microsoft is actually going to do that. Um, Buckster asked and pointed something out, which is beyond my capabilities or knowledge set. He says that magnesium is not transparent to certain key EM radio frequencies. Now, I should actually go ask my neighbor. My neighbor actually uh, is a radio engineer and works on Department of Defense stuff. He would actually know this. But I would think that there's ways around it. Apple uses metal. It doesn't necessarily have to be magnesium. Um, just some sort of metal I mean, heck, this is, well, the full frame is not metal, but metal phones do exist. So Microsoft can do it uh, on some different type of, I don't know, material, but just something that's not polycarbonate, which is a fancy name for plastic Microsoft. So I want to end the show here with kind of a big milestone for Microsoft. Windows 10, or Windows 10, Windows turned 30. And so uh, I was technically alive when Windows was, when Microsoft uh, was founded and created. Um, I was not much more than alive. I was a few months old at that time. So go ahead and there you go, I'm 30 for those curious. So Windows turned 30. It's a big milestone for software to stick around for that long. You see a lot of companies come up, get acquired or just fail or fall away. But if you do buck the trend and Windows is one of them and it's easy to say that Windows has supported billions of users, um, probably most of the key applications that you use every day are built by some Windows machine or some capability. If you're using an iPhone, uh, there are pictures that came out that Windows XP is powering some of those factories. NASA uses Excel, which is built on top of Windows. So Windows is turning 30. Happy birthday, Windows. You've deserved it. You stuck around, and <laughs> here we are with Windows 10 and Terry Myerson getting more power in the Windows world. Keep it stable. Don't fire any more of your Q&A testers, which I think has led to some of the stability issues. And that's all, folks. This has been the Sam's Report for the 20th of November. Um, I'll let you know about the show next week. Next week is Thanksgiving in the U.S. I don't quite know what my plans are yet on that day. Um, it will be Black Friday, so I might be working, but I might not. Anyways, everybody, have a good weekend, and thanks for watching.